How's it going, fellow food eaters? It's time for another episode of the Food Labels Revealed podcast. I'm your host, Mel Weinstein, your self-effacing, self-professed prophet of processed foods. This is episode number 66. So, what's on the menu for today? Lately, I've been thinking about the name of the show. The words food labels are central to the title. But I haven't actually talked about food labels for quite some time. So I was thinking that food labels should be the topic for today's show, specifically nutrition facts labels. Did you know that the nutrition facts label went through a minor overhaul in 2018 with all food companies required to comply by 2021? Raise your hand if you were aware of that change. Hmm, I'm not seeing very many hands, so definitely I should do a review. It's interesting to note that it has only been roughly 30 years since the Nutrition Facts label was mandated by Congress and instituted by the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. That label seems like it has been around forever. The specific law in question that birthed it is the Nutrition Labeling and Education Act of 1990. It took a few years to roll out since the FDA had to establish the rules for what got included on the label as well as standardize the look of it. Also, the food industry was provided sufficient time to gather data on their products and to modify existing labels. Just think about food packaging before the requirement of nutrition facts labels. What could you possibly know about calories, serving sizes, macromolecular components like protein, fat, and carbs, as well as select vitamins and minerals? Plus, there was, there was no information about potentially harmful food components like saturated fats, trans fats, and cholesterol. How were packaged food consumers informed prior to the early 90s? Well, There's a lot more to food labels than just the nutrition part. The government had been mandating laws for food labeling since the early 1900s to address such issues as origin of manufacture, what marketing claims could be made, ingredient lists, food allergy information, etc., etc. Prior to the 90s, food manufacturers had to provide limited nutrition information. Often that information was included if it helped promote and sell the products. For example, the placement of tags on packages stating reduced fat or reduced salt or abundant source of protein or emphasizing low calorie content. When you carefully look at a nutrition facts label, it's really quite amazing. All the information packed in such a small amount of space. If you know how to properly read it, there's a wealth of info embedded in it. I think that as time goes along and nutrition becomes more and more important in our society, the label will be read and understood by more and more people. But today, my impression in walking through and around grocery stores is that really only a minority of food shoppers actually pay attention to it. 
One purpose of this podcast is, is to try to increase those numbers. Given that this is an audio podcast, I know that most of you won't have a nutrition facts label to look at as I talk about the different components of it and what has changed in recent years. But if you happen to be sitting at home or in some other building listening to this podcast, then I advise grabbing some packaged food out of your kitchen or pantry to follow along with me. I picked up a box of cereal called Bran Flakes, manufactured by the Millville Company. It's a low-end product sold by a discount grocery store. The box cover is pretty plain, showing a spoon dipping into a bowl of flakes immersed in milk and mixed with banana slices. There is a bunch of nutrition information at the top, the middle, and the bottom of the box. At the top is written, in quotes, essential goodness, with the statements, quote, no artificial flavors or high fructose corn syrup, and, quote, no certified synthetic colors. Millville is obviously trying to distinguish its product as healthier than other cereal brands. As certain ingredients go out of favor and garner some bad publicity, some companies highlight their absence to get a leg up. In the middle of the box is a decent-sized red heart with these words printed inside, quote, heart healthy. And it says, see side panel for information about saturated fat, cholesterol, and heart disease. Text box reads, quote, heart healthy. While many factors affect heart disease, diets low in saturated fat and cholesterol may reduce the risk of this disease, end quote. At the bottom of the front side of the box is a relatively new shorthand nutrition panel called Front of Pack Labeling that the FDA doesn't presently require. But some companies add these additional panels to grab consumers' attention to highlight certain health benefits of their product. At a glance, without turning to the Nutrition Facts label, they can find some key information that's important to them. Of course, the manufacturer determines what they want to display. In this case, the mini panel lists per cup of cereal 110 calories, 0 gram saturated fat, which is also 0% DV, 190 milligrams of sodium, 8% DV, and 7 grams total sugars. Note that Millville expects that consumers know what DV represents and what it means. More about that later. On the back of the box, there are several recipes, not unusual, and some photos of the dishes. On the side panel that has the heart disease info is another text box addressing nutrition, which says, quote, 50% plus whole grain, 21 grams or more per serving, as per the wholegraincouncil.org. As I've mentioned numerous times on this podcast, ditching refined grains and increasing whole grains in the diet is a health plus. 
Now, let's turn to the subject at hand, the Nutrition Facts label printed on one of the side panels. Pretty much the same information about serving size and number of servings appears at the very top, but with the newer label, the information has been rearranged and the serving size is in bolded font to grab consumers' attention. According to the FDA, the serving sizes have been updated across food types to make them more realistic because some companies in the past would minimize serving size to make the calorie count look lower. For the Millville cereal, 14 servings per container are listed with a serving size of 1 cup, which is 36 grams. Underneath the serving size is the calorie content. To really get your attention, the font size has been increased and the print bolded. The number of calories per serving is the biggest thing on the label. Because of the rising rates of obesity, the FDA really wants people to pay attention to calorie counts. Under the calorie count, in no obvious order are listed the macronutrients, that is fat, carbohydrate, and protein, followed by cholesterol and sodium. The amounts of each of these items are reported as percent daily value, or DV, on the right side of that panel. As a new feature, at the bottom of the panel is provided the definition of this measurement. Here it is, quote, the percent daily value tells you how much a nutrient in a serving of food contributes to a daily diet. 2,000 calories a day is used for general nutrition advice, end quote. Allow me to elaborate a little here. In the old days, say from 1941 to 1989, the United States Department of Agriculture, USDA, issued other measures representing adequate intakes of nutrients. For example, how much potassium do you need each day? If you're of an age, you might remember RDAs. RDAs, which stood for Recommended Dietary Allowances and, less frequently, DRIs, which stands for Dietary Reference Intakes, that often showed up on labels for specific nutrients. Advisory panels of health and nutrition experts came up with those values based on population studies. Because people vary by gender, size, race, age, and other factors, the values had built-in cushions, so they were actually higher than necessary to accommodate the whole population. The RDAs and DRIs still exist, and you can search for them online in tables, and you'll find values for selective nutrients according to gender and age. Plus, if you're really interested, you can find out more than you would ever want to know about a nutrient and how its dietary amount was determined. Plan on spending the rest of your life on this task. With the advent of the Nutrition Facts label in the early 1990s, food labels started displaying the daily value, which is similar but not necessarily the same as the RDA. But here's the glitch. 
Rather than listing the actual daily value, a percent daily value is listed. For example, in the Bran Flakes cereal, each serving has 190 milligrams of sodium. The percent DV is 8%. That means if you consumed one cup or 36 grams of cereal, you will take in 8% of the recommended daily amount of sodium. To roughly calculate the actual daily value for sodium, divide the 190 milligrams by 8 and multiply by 100. The result is 2,375 milligrams, and rounding down gives 2,300 milligrams, which is the standard DV value for sodium. The other important consideration for DV values is that they are based on a daily calorie intake of 2,000 calories. Years ago, I looked up where that 2000 number came from and found that it represents the average calorie intake for a moderately active female with a healthy body mass index. That's a BMI. So, if you're a male or female who is heavier or lighter, more active or less active, a professional athlete or bodybuilder, the DVs on these labels are really just gross estimates for you. Returning to the Millville Brand Flakes Nutrition Facts label, let's look at some specific nutrients. Let's start with fat. There are four entries for fat. Saturated fat, trans fat, polyunsaturated fat, and monounsaturated fat. The number of grams is reported for each. Only the first two entries are actually required by the FDA. Those are the unwelcome fats. Dietary guidelines recommend limiting saturated fats since they have been linked to heart disease and trans fats, which had been allowed in our food supply since the 1950s, were banned a few years ago because they were found to contribute to heart disease. The other two fats, polyunsaturated and monounsaturated, are the so-called good or healthy fats. These terms that I'm using, saturated, unsaturated, etc., are derived from organic chemistry. It would take me a whole episode or more to explain what they really mean, so let's not worry about that for now. Just remember the bad fats and the good fats. Here's what shows up on the cereal label. For saturated fat, 0 grams. Trans fat, 0 grams. Polyunsaturated fat, 0 grams. Monounsaturated fat, 0 grams. And then the total fat, 1 gram. Now, what's wrong with this picture? How can all the individual classes of fat be listed as 0 grams but the total fat is one gram. That's a conundrum for sure. Here's the answer. The FDA allows food manufacturers to report nutrient contents under 0.5 grams as zero grams. That's a built-in fudge factor. So, conceivably, if there were 0.25 grams of each type of fat present in a serving, 
Each one could be reported as zero grams, but they would actually add up to give one gram. Pretty slick, huh? This also explains why food manufacturers want to keep serving sizes low so they can minimize the bad players or report them as zero amounts. What about the daily value for fat? The number on the label is 1%. So one cup of cereal provides a very little of the daily recommendation for fat. If you divide one gram by one and multiply by 100, you get 100 grams as the daily value for fat. Since the numbers used for this calculation are not very precise, the result is only a gross estimate. The actual daily value for fat is 78 grams. After listing the fat values, you can see one reason why I eat this cereal. It's very low in total fat and the bad fats. Next up on the label is cholesterol. To me, cholesterol is, is rather strange to be included with dietary nutrients. Humans do not need to consume foods with cholesterol. Our livers make plenty of it. Only animal-based foods provide cholesterol. So, why is it on the label? It's one of the bad players. Research studies going way back to the early 1900s have linked dietary cholesterol with increased risk of heart attacks and strokes. In fact, if you really want to get into the weeds, there's a book called Cholesterol and Beyond that summarizes many of those studies into the late 20th century. In the Bran Flakes cereal, there are zero milligrams of cholesterol. Of course, the percent DV is also zero. Looking at the ingredients list, it's obvious why there is no cholesterol in this cereal since there are no animal-based ingredients. Let's look at a non-zero example. A slice of Kraft American cheese weighs 19 grams. It contains 15 milligrams of cholesterol. The percent DV is 5. If you divide 15 by 5, then multiply by 100, you get a rough daily value of 300 milligrams of cholesterol. Surprisingly, that's also the actual DV. If you were being a really conscientious consumer and watching your daily cholesterol intake, the FDA would expect you to sum up all the cholesterol contents for all the foods you ate that day to see if it was under 100% or 300 milligrams. Then adjust your daily consumption accordingly to try to minimize the cholesterol intake. Of course, most people aren't going to bother with such tedious bookkeeping, but fortunately, there are plenty of apps and calculators around which will do that work for you, and if you can tell the programs what you've eaten and how much, you'll, you'll get the final result. Obviously, if you have a cholesterol problem, the simplest solution would be to just stop eating foods with animal ingredients. No bookkeeping or calculations required. The next nutrient to check out is sodium. An essential nutrient for good health, but problematic if we consume too much of it. Sodium is an element, and in its elemental form, it's a metal. 
If we consume sodium metal, we would die fairly quickly because it's tremendously reactive and biochemically destructive. So when nutritionists talk about sodium, they are really talking about its compounded form, such as sodium chloride or table salt. If you want to calculate sodium content from salt, a simple conversion to remember is to divide the salt content by 2.5. For example, 4 grams of salt would equal 1.6 grams of sodium or 1600 milligrams. But here's a catch. When you see sodium listed on a label, it may be coming from other ingredients besides salt. There are many additives in foods that are compounds of sodium. The sodium content on the label captures all of those ingredients. So be careful uh, not to equate the sodium content with the salt content. In the Bran Flakes cereal, as mentioned earlier, the sodium amount is 190 milligrams or 8% of the daily value of 2300 milligrams and that's about one and a fourth teaspoon of salt. 8% is a fairly low value. Many processed foods are packed with salt. I like a thick and chunky salsa that has 520 milligrams and a half cup which would have a DV of 22%. Coupled with some salty corn chips, I could easily hit the daily limit just by eating that one snack. Salt is a concern for some people since high consumption is linked with high blood pressure or hypertension and also increased risk of heart disease, stroke, and kidney disease. The next section on the label is carbohydrates. Here there was a significant change introduced in 2018 which I'll address in a little bit. The carbs are broken down into two categories fiber, also called dietary fiber, and sugar. In turn the sugar is broken down into total sugar and added sugar. Sometimes the fiber content is subdivided into soluble fiber and insoluble fiber. Looking at the Bran Flakes cereal, the total carbs is 29 grams. Given that the weight of a single serving, one cup, is 36 grams, 81% of the cereal is carbs. Not a big surprise because it's a wheat-based cereal. The DV value is 10%. So dividing 29 grams by 10 and multiplying by 100 gives 290 grams, which is an estimate for the daily value. The actual daily value is 300 grams. So that result was pretty close. Will eating more than 300 grams of carbs per day be harmful? It's hard to answer that question since carbohydrates are a complicated class of compounds and they're not all created equal. If you eat high amounts of simple carbs, like sugars, that can include sucrose, high fructose corn syrup, honey, maple syrup, and others, not only will you be packing on too many calories, but you could be messing up your metabolism, giving rise to the very undesirable condition called metabolic syndrome, a harbinger of a host of diseases. On the other hand, if you consume a large amount of complex carbs, for example grains, 
you'll still be getting the calories, but you may not be inviting the metabolic diseases, particularly if you consume mainly whole grains. Also, if your fiber intake is significant, those carbs are not digestible, so you avoid extra calories. What do we see on the Bran Flakes label as regard carbs? There are 7 grams of dietary fiber. Note that fiber is only found in plant food sources. This fiber is split into roughly 1 gram of soluble fiber and 6 grams of insoluble fiber. What's the difference between these fiber types? Soluble fiber is able to dissolve in water to give a viscous gel-like mixture like pectin in fruit jelly or vegetable gums. It helps with digestion, clears cholesterol from the blood, moderates blood glucose, and reduces the risk of type 2 diabetes. The insoluble fiber, on the other hand, is known as roughage. It attracts water, softening the stool and making it easier to vacate it. It helps promote bowel health and regularity and also helps to reduce the risk of diabetes. In general, dietary fiber can also reduce the risk of colon and breast cancer, control and prevent high blood pressure, and cause you to feel fuller thus reducing the number of calories you might consume at a meal. The daily value for one cup of cereal is 24%. Dividing the 7 grams of fiber by 24 and multiplying by 100 gives an estimated daily value of 29 grams. This number is slightly higher than the government standard value of 28 grams, but it's close. Some medical experts claim that even at this level, Americans are not getting enough fiber in their diet and recommend higher levels like up to 40 grams or or maybe even more. However, it is possible to overdo it on the consumption of fiber. Too much of it can cause excessive gas, pain, and bloating. Continuing with carbs... We next come to the sugar section. There are 7 grams of sugar in each serving. This represents the total sugars. With the earlier label, the word total was absent. A new line shows up under total sugars, which reads, quote, includes 6 grams added sugars, end quote. Let's interpret this information. The USDA, based on recommendations from medical and nutritional professionals, decided that it was important for food consumers to know what part of the total sugars were added as sweeteners in the product. Just looking at the total sugars does not provide a person with that information. In this case, each serving has 7 grams of sugar, which is a combination of 1 gram of sugar naturally found in the ingredients, plus 6 grams of sugar which was added in the making of the cereal. This is evident by the presence of the word sugar as the third ingredient on the label. Since sugar consumption has risen enormously in recent decades, contributing to health problems, it's helpful to consumers to know how much sugar is intentionally being added to foods by the manufacturers, so then they can make more healthful choices. 
In the case of the Bran Flakes cereal, 86% of the sugar content was from added sugar. Another point to consider is that added sugar is metabolized much more easily than inherent sugar. It may be a quicker source of energy, but added sugar will elevate blood sugar more readily. Another new feature associated with added sugar is the percent DV. The FDA has actually designated a daily limit for this added sugar. In this case, the DV is 13%. To calculate the, the actual limit, divide 6 grams by 13 and multiply by 100. The approximate answer is 46 grams. This calculated number is actually a little less than the FDA DV of 50 grams. Note that in the American diet as it exists today, 50 grams is a pretty low amount of added sugar to consume in a single day. If you drank just one and a third bottles of, of a 12-ounce Pepsi product, you would exceed that limit. One last thing about carbs. As I stated, the total number of carbs is 29 grams, but if you add up the dietary fiber content and the sugar, you get only 14 grams. Why the big difference? That's 29 minus 14, which equals 15. The answer is that there are carbs not accounted for on the nutrition facts label, namely the starch from wheat, which is the largest ingredient. The final major nutrient to discuss is protein. Note that despite the fact that too low or too high amounts of protein can adversely affect health, the FDA has not designated a daily value for protein. That makes me wonder. In this cereal, there are 4 grams of protein. Given a serving size of 36 grams, that means the protein content is 11%. If you search online for daily recommended amounts of protein, you'll find a variety of values. Different factors come into play, such as body growth, physical activity, body weight, age, and gender. WebMD, you know, a fairly reliable source, uh, recommends 56 grams for men and 46 grams for women while suggesting a variety of protein sources, both plant and animal. Most Americans don't realize that they eat well above these recommendations. Let's say you ate three meals at McDonald's and ordered pretty conservatively with no extra snacks. For breakfast, you get a sausage biscuit and egg with a baked apple pie. For lunch, you order a Big Mac with a caramel macchiato, if I said that right. For supper, you woof down a spicy crispy chicken sandwich and a strawberry shake. Ignoring the abundant amounts of unhealthy ingredients in these foods and just concentrating on the protein consumption, these three meals deliver 90 grams of protein. If you're a man, you just consumed 161% of the recommended amount, according to WebMD. If you're a woman, you just consumed 196% of the recommended amount. Just for yucks, the total calories are 2,630, 
so you also consumed roughly 130% of the baseline calorie amount. The bottom of the Nutrition Facts panel lists the vitamins and minerals, each having a calculated percent DV. The FDA changes from 2018 dropped some and added some other micronutrients. In the case of vitamins, vitamin A and vitamin C disappeared. I suppose that the USDA felt that Americans were getting sufficient amounts of those vitamins and didn't need to continue to track them. Vitamin D, with a DV of 20 micrograms, got added. I can only guess that the reason was that the consumption of dairy products fortified with vitamin D had gone down. So looking at the minerals, potassium with a DV of 4,000 milligrams has been added to the label. The USDA concluded that since Americans were consuming excessive amounts of sodium in processed foods, more potassium was needed to balance things out to control blood pressure. The remaining micronutrient required for the label is iron with a DV of 18 milligrams. One other change from the past is that specific amounts of vitamins and minerals per serving must be listed on the label. The Brand Flake cereal label has a whole bunch more vitamins and minerals listed than I've mentioned. Food products that use wheat are required to list the additional micronutrients since often they, they need to be fortified and it's a legal requirement. Finally, a word about servings consumed. Nutrients associated with serving size provide a great deal of information, but it's not very helpful if you're not paying attention to how many servings at a sitting that you're eating. Of course, you have to multiply the numbers on the label by the number of servings to get a true amount that's consumed. Sometimes people don't pay attention to serving size and just eat the whole container. The Bran Flake cereal has 14 servings, it's highly unlikely that a person in one sitting would eat a whole box because they would likely get too stuffed due to the enormously high amount of fiber that would be consumed. But just for kicks, let's see what the numbers look like. So if you gorge on 18 ounces of the cereal, here's what you would ingest. 1,540 calories, 14 grams of fat, 0 milligrams of cholesterol, 2,660 milligrams of sodium, 406 grams of carbs, 98 grams of fiber, 98 grams of sugar, and 56 grams of protein. Hey, food eaters, that's it for today's show. I hope you got something out of this review of Nutrition Facts labels and have increased your appreciation of all the information that's packed in a single label. To all the listeners in podcast land, old and new, I appreciate you tuning in. If you have a little more time, I'd greatly appreciate a five-star rating at the iTunes Store. You can find all the episodes of Food Labels Revealed and their show notes at the hosting website called Podbean. That's at www.podbean.com or just by Googling Food Labels Revealed. 
And of course, you can always listen to the podcast on your smartphone or tablet by downloading a podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Google Play. If you think your family, friends, coworkers, or acquaintances might be interested in this podcast, tweet or post a link through your social media outlets to get the word out. Thanks for that. Till later, remember this. If you want to eat well and keep yourself healthy, eat food mainly from natural plants, not manufacturing plants. The lively outro music is a clip from Merry Go, composed by Kevin McLeod.